4: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on v the sports betting network.
5: We welcome you back in. It is our third and final hour of Betting Across America, live from our Circus Sportsbook studio in downtown Las Vegas. Great to be back with them all. I'm Ben Wilson. We're going to get into some tennis discussion this hour, mall, which I'm pumped to do with you, because I don't know when we're going to be back together. Yeah. And we've got, I mean, hard court season is basically a week away. So absolutely. we got to get into it. Yeah, it's absolutely. happening quick. Just a couple of quick baseball updates, though, before we begin our uh, tennis discussion here. It is now 2-1 Toronto. They have taken the lead back there against Cutter Crawford. After uh, here in the top of the third inning, as Santiago Espinal and then George Springer back-to-back RBI base hits, two-one there. Jays Red Sox uh, had had a run there in the second inning and had a run around third with one out against Alec Manoa, but unable to get any more across, so it stays two to one. You see the live money line prices right now. Jays now heavily favored, up to minus three seventy-five at BetMGM. They were about a dollar seventy-five favorites at first pitch. And nothing, nothing. You're thinking this is kind of a dead under there. You like the under seven in Houston, yeah. Seattle, and it looks to be following the script so far. We're through three innings, only four combined hits.
6: Yeah, both both pitchers. A uh, little bit of trouble there in the top of the third for the uh, excuse me for the Mariners defensively, uh, but Gilbert gets a strikeout, and then I think Altuve uh, hit a double play. And uh, they're get, able to get on. Verlanders looks like he's on cruise control.
5: 36 pitches in three innings. Logan Gilbert only 45, which, yeah. which isn't half bad. And that's kind of an underrated part of in-game betting in Major League Baseball, yeah. especially with the starters where, I mean, the, the pitch counts vary so much. And you're looking at what we see right now, in-game total down to four and a half. That first five total was just three and a half there. But these are both pitchers who, with the paces they're on, should easily be able to go seven, if not even more.
6: Yeah, I would agree with you, especially Berlander right now. You're looking at an average 12 pitches per inning as uh, uh, the Red Sox get a fly out. They'll score a run for uh, Toronto, make it 3-1. to Sack
5: fly there. Three uh, three spot in the top of the third for Toronto. So maybe not quite 28 runs, but they're on pace for <laughs> nine, at Yeah, least exactly. So right. far, 3-1 three, three, game there in the uh, top of the third. So for the tennis discussion here, we're about a month, a little over a month out until the actual start of the U.S. Open. What is nice about hardcourt season for us here in the U.S. and all is that, A, we actually, for those of us who are, you know, the, the normal people, we can at least watch these matches in normal time. Don't right. have to wake up insanely early or watch, game, watch matches late into the night here. But we'll have a, a number of lead-up tournaments, which is always nice. You'll have the City Open in Washington, D.C., which is always a big event. The uh, the Rogers Cup there, we go to Montreal and split between Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. Big event as well north of the border. Uh, the Atlanta Open starts Monday on the men's side. Again, that's only an ATP 250 event. But the point being, we have a lot more tune-up events than you, than you get in the grass court season where there's right. a lot more high variance. So if we're just looking at here from the macro perspective, what's fascinating to me about the men's odds for the U.S. Open is that Novak Djokovic I don't know, what percentage would you give him of playing at this point? Like, I mean, 5%, is that even is that even fair to say when he basically came out and said, I'm not getting vaxxed, I don't expect the U.S. to allow me in, I'm probably not playing, yet the books are still hanging him as the favorite here at plus 160.
6: Yeah, I, I don't know why they've got him up there right now. I don't think he's got a shot to play. I mean, what's gonna and change? 5% he, feels really generous. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I'm with you, Ben. I think that's an optimistic number. I, I just don't see why people think he's gonna be playing. I, I just don't see that scenario, so for me, uh, I obviously take him out of the equation. Um, it'll be interesting though. I think you got to bet the other people right now because the odds will shift once it's mm-hmm. kind of confirmed that he's out, which I don't know how long people need to wait to figure it out. I, that's, that's the
5: point I make as well. I mean, we, we saw this in the Australian open too, where and I'm still a little bitter because I took a lot of shares of Alexander Zverev at really good prices, only for him to just completely choke against Dennis Shapovalov. I learned my lesson them all. We're not, we're, we're out, out at least you know in the interim for Alexander Zverev, but, who from you look at the rest of this group it it would appear on the surface that for uh, for uh, Daniel Medvedev who was ineligible to play in Wimbledon since the Russian players were banned at the at the All England Club there for Wimbledon he will he has been a very good hard court player throughout his career that's been his strong surface he would move into the presumptive favorite role and then Carlos Alcaraz that's a guy I'm curious where you stand on him on, on a surface like this we saw him in a very slow hard court at Indian Wells look great in the spring was a near uh, favorite to win at the French Open, made a run to the semis there on clay. Clay has been his strong suit, as well as lower hard courts. As the presumptive second favorite, assuming Djokovic doesn't play here, how do you evaluate his chances in this?
6: Well, look, it's a faster surface at Flushing. And I mm-hmm. think guys like Medvedev, my concern with Medvedev is he hasn't been informed this year. Remember, he was at the Australian Open final, but since that point in time, kind of really gone down. But I would love to see how he performs uh, during the hard court season, particularly in Cincinnati at the Western and Southern. Uh, Nadal has not lost a match in the Grand Slams this year, he's 19-0. You know, he withdrew because of the uh, abdominal tear. Um, you know, other than that, uh, you know, team at 20-1 to 1 should be about 75-1. Uh, yeah, to Coming one. off yeah. injury.
5: I mean, is, again, Federer, what percentage do you even give him of playing? I, I don't
6: think he's going to play. But I, I thought
5: I, it would be, I would give him even a less chance. Djokovic, uh, I mean, it's like 1% or less with Federer.
6: I, I agree. Coming off that knee injury, and i tell you what, for Roger, I still think he can beat a lot of the guys on the tour because they're so inconsistent, but the age mm. has got to be a factor. Um, but to me right now, when you look at it, gosh, on the men's side, i would tell you the name that I would keep in mind, Matteo Berrettini. You know what's funny? That's the name I keep coming back yeah. to. In 25 the 28,
5: to 1. Uh, 20, yeah, 25, 28 yeah. to 1 range. Dude was in unbelievable form in, in the grass court season. Had yeah. not lost a match. Test positive for COVID right before his round one match. I remember I had him in, to win his quarter. Yeah. Loved the, loved the bet and then ends up getting a refund because he withdraws. So we, and we have not seen him yet coming back into hard surfaces, but he's had two really good runs at Flushing Meadows in the past. He's not, even though grass is his preferred surface, right? Hardcore to me is, is certainly, it's, it's not that far off of a, of a second favorite surface for Berrettini. It's kind of draw dependent because he definitely needs the rankings points. Hasn't played a, a ton of matches. So that's my only question with Berrettini, what kind of draw will you get? But if you are of the mindset that this thing is wide open anyway, for a guy with his talent, I don't know how much that's ultimately going to matter unless you get stuck with facing a Medvedev really, really early.
6: The one negative I'd push back on Berrettini on the hard courts is he's never made a hard court final in his career. Right. And Just a so, semis at so, the U.S. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's the one concern I have there. But, um, you know, look, he's a guy that can do some damage. I think this men's side is pretty open. I, I get people looking at Medvedev or Alcarez. I wouldn't buy into Alcarez here. To me, he's a clay quarter. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not going to have success in the hard courts. And you mentioned Indian Wells. There's a difference in speed. Uh, surface speed between Indian wells and flushing yeah. makes a huge pretty, difference pretty but, stark yeah yeah and uh, but I think Berrettini. I can't believe his odds are that high I don't think they're going to remain that high I think they're going to yep. start to come down I mean he's got a chance to win a uh, Gestad here in uh, Switzerland he's a dominated Dominic team on the clay today so interesting to see where he winds up
5: that is it that's I think that is the one player I will have in pocket before yeah. this tournament starts just to grab a number and it's yeah. funny because for for the men's game I mean when's the last time we really had a grand slam especially in the big three era? Of the Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, where you felt like a Grand Slam had any sort of any sort of chance to be wide open whatsoever? I mean, it, you got to go so far back.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're looking at 03, 04. I mean, yeah. 04 is when Roger started to dominate, so probably even 03 at the end. of Even that back time. then, that was yeah. still.
5: You had, I mean, Roddick was still in yeah, form, and you absolutely. still had you know, the David Nalbandians of the world, who could at least you know, who could yeah. at least make <laughs> runs and make you think twice about taking long shots. So it's, it's hey, just bring, fascinating. Bring
6: up a good point. You mentioned Roddick. It's unfortunate he had to play during the Federer time. Yeah. I mean, Roddick was unbelievable. He just, sometimes, you know, it's like you play in the Jordan era. You, people don't realize how great of a player you are right. because you're going up against somebody like Federer Nadal and things like that.
5: Guy gets, you know, what, one U.S. Open win yeah. and we kind of think of his career as, as a disappointment yeah. when... The fact that he just, you know, just to get one, yeah, I mean, just just incredible. It's almost like you know, same deal with like Del Potro getting one win at the U.S. Open. Absolutely, like the things he had to overcome, and now he had all the off the court, the health issues for yeah. him too. But to to find a way through those draws back then, where it was just like every single quarter, you looked up and it was like where, where's the path through? There just wasn't one. So the right. fact that he got there was, I mean, that's an incredible achievement for him.
6: Well, Roddick loses a couple of Wimbledon finals to Roger. I mean, one of them, I think, was like 17-15 yeah. in the third set or something like that. I mean, it's like, goes to show you what a great player Roddick was. He had an unbelievable serve. But, you know, sometimes you just, you wind up in a scenario where you're really good and the other side is just somebody who's absolutely a legend. It's just how it works sometimes, how the cookie crumbles. But we're certainly of the
5: belief this will be a more wide-open U.S. Open men's side. How about the women's draw? We're expecting to see the return there of Naomi Osaka. Uh, She announces she'll be returning to competitive tennis. I just don't know how you can feel very confident in backing a player whose mental game has been so fragile over the past couple years of all. And then Iga Sviatek is is the rightful favorite. You would probably say at 2-1. to But where do you stand on her outside of clay where she has proven to be very, very dominant on that surface, but has left something to be desired on some of the other surfaces. I,
6: I would agree with you, and I think that's where I, I have an issue with her. I don't think she's as good as people think she is. She, she's a solid player, no question about it. But remember, the best player in the world to retire, Ash Barty. Osaka's won this tournament twice. is a huge power player, but can't put it together for seven matches. Raducanu, that run was an aberration, you know, going through the yeah. qualities, winning all 10 matches and in, in, um, two sets to love. Uh, Halep. Not as much success here because the power, she just doesn't have the power. Some of the other players do. Conservate, to me is dangerous at 14 to 1. She gets everything back. She, but again, she doesn't have the power that some of these other players have. I think the women's side's wide open. Osaka to me is the wild card. I don't think the odds are long enough on her because I want to see her play for uh, just a little bit more consistency in mm-hmm. time. And then we'll get an idea of where she stands.
5: With you on that, and you, like Elena Rabakina, who was 100 to 1 to win Wimbledon. Yeah, you're not going to find those prizes anymore. No. But twelve to one, not really worth a, a play there. You think about the look. Irina Sabalenka has really never proven she can get through, she can navigate her way through a draw, and she's always been someone who is susceptible to the giant killer. Yep. No, no chance. I want to put my money on Sabalenka at eleven to one. Um, so you have look. The, in, I think the intriguing players and a lot of people have been uh, because of the nationality and the fact that she's super young in, in Coco Golf. But we've at least in the betting markets, there's been this general consensus of all that. Goff's price has just been epically way short ever since she stepped on tour simply because of the, the headline-type name that she generates by being that quote-unquote next great face of American women's tennis.
6: Yeah, you bring up a great point there, Ben. To me, I, I think she's a very good player. I just don't know. She's got good power, great speed, um, but I, 14 to 1, no way. She should be somewhere around 25, yeah. 30 to 1.
5: And, especially after we saw, two. you think about where should Goff's number be, where yeah. should Serena's be? I mean, we saw her... Look completely out of form in Wimbledon. Presumably she'll have more time in the lead up here. But again, 16 to 1. Like, come on, what way, are we doing?
6: Yeah, way too short. Um, you know, the the um, the name I would keep an eye on, not that she's going to win, I think, but she can make a run potentially the semis is Jesse, uh, Jessica Pagula. Yeah, Pagula's Pagula. Pagula's tough. She competes. I like her a lot. And further down
5: the board as well, doesn't even make uh, our yeah. first page. So Annette Contivate, who was upset earlier, at, earlier today, but a, a small upset out there in, in one of the Europe uh, tune-up events there on clay. To a, a young American in that spot, or in Bernarda Para. Still, though, I like Anna kind of I like Paula Bedosa too. A player I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Again, she, she's had some. She's ran hot and cold at times, yeah, exactly. but that's a player who I, I believe would still be in the mix. I, we, I wish we could do like an entire show just on <laughs> handicapping tennis and You and I, it's a lot of fun. When we come back, though, we'll welcome in Derek to talk about the rest of the MLB action and the night slate. That is next, right here on Betting Across America. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted-odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. The one update we have in the baseball in Seattle, two spot here for the Astros, Mall. Kyle Tucker, Yuli Gurriel, back to back doubles. But from the looks of it, could have been a lot worse there for Logan Gilbert.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Terrific catch in center field to save an additional run. Um, so good job there by the Seattle defense. But uh, I tell you what, Verlander looks like he's locked in right now as we got a lazy fly ball to straightaway center. The biggest challenge right now is the sun out there, and they make a nice play on it. Uh, but he's only thrown, you mentioned earlier, Ben, 38 pitches through three and one-thirds. Pretty impressive, to say the least, for Justin Verlander.
5: Uh, up to the ERA now, 184 wow. for one Justin Verlander. Still 3-1 as well in the Toronto Red Sox game uh, with Alec Manoa on the mound. They just got a double play as well to wipe out a leading a leadoff base runner there in the bottom of the third. Let's continue talking on Major League Baseball. Packed evening slate tonight. So many big series and matchups coming out of the All-Star break. And to do that... We welcome in Derek Carty, who's a VCN contributor. MLB Handicapper joins us right now. You can give Derek a follow there at Derek Cardi. So we saw we just we saw the first game of that to doubleheader. Derek just wrap up. Guardians and White Sox. Guardians once again able to knock off the Sox. I know you're looking at game two tonight. It's such a fascinating series here, where just as you thought, the Sox, they win three or four against the twins. They were back. They're in the race, and they've looked so miserable here over the per- first couple of games. Where are you going to look at here in game number two tonight with Lance Lynn on the bump for the White Sox?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at the Guardians. They they projected as a pretty strong value in the first game and the same holds true in this one. You know, they are the underdog here. Lynn is obviously the bigger the bigger name than than Connor Pilkington is, but Pilkington's a solid enough pitcher and uh you know, a lot of times we kind of see in these situations where you have, you know, an unknown name essentially uh, the line has kind of shaded the other direction because uh, the books know that people don't really want to bet on that type of guy. So I see value on Cleveland tonight.
6: Derek Urias going against Alex Wood tonight in Los Angeles. Now it's a high price on the Dodgers, but I'm not an Alex Wood guy. He can't ever go more than four and a third innings. It seems like, and he's got a max limit of five. Dodgers uh, with a nice win yesterday. They've won the first two out of the break. This Giants defense is absolutely atrocious. Lamont Wade with another crucial error that leads to four runs yesterday against Milwaukee before the All-Star break error that leads to five runs. Uh, how do you see this matchup? Dodgers around 185 here at DraftKings.
2: Yeah, this is one where I don't see a whole lot of value on either side. The line looks pretty fair to me. The Dodgers are a, you know, a fairly heavy favorite, a, you know 60%, 61% or so favorite, and that's pretty much exactly how I have it projected, so – this is one where I'd probably look to, uh, you know, to stay away. If I was going to bet this game, maybe I'd bet the over, you know, if anything, mm-hmm. uh, rather than a side.
5: Speaking to of the of the National League West, where we see the Padres there. We're really struggling going into the all star break, trying to claw out of that big hole. They got a big win. They beat Max Scherzer last night. Great outing from you. Darvish there was nearly spotless in, in his outing in New York Four one win last night for the Padres. So they, they go back to uh, the well tonight with Blake Snell, the lefty who gets to start against Chris Bassett of the Mets, who's had some health issues, been up and down at times this year. Any angle you like in uh, in this one where, again, you got two teams who are certainly fighting there at the top of their respective divisions, squaring off there in the Big Apple.
2: Yeah, I would take the Padres' side here. You know, the Mets are, you know, the better team, essentially. They should be the favorite here, but not by as much as this line implies. You know, uh, the Padres are, this line implies basically, you know, a 40, 42% chance for the Padres to win. I have them projected around 45%. So there's a little bit of edge here. It's not massive, but it's there. Blake Snell is a very good pitcher. And the Mets, people don't like to hear it because we're at the end of July and they've done really well, but the Mets are a bit overrated. Uh, You know, there's some regression coming for them over the last couple months. Not a lot. They're still really good. But they're not this good. And so I do see a little bit of value on the Padres here.
6: I want to go to a game where you might think the line is correct. I think it's a little bit high. St. Louis going against Cincinnati. Cardinals are about a 170 road favorite. Now, they did get walloped yesterday at uh, the Great American Small Park. But to me, when you look at it, I am not a Steven Matz guy going against Minor in this one here. Derek, uh, my, my issues with uh, Matz on the mound. Now, the line's come down a little bit here at BetMGM at minus 155. How do you see this one?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Mats guy myself. I think the Reds offense is kind of underrated. I, I think that the bats are going to start coming alive. Joey Votto still, I think, has a good amount left in the tank that we're going to see over the remainder of the year. You know, they've kind of gotten healthy with certain guys coming back. Tyler Naquin. And, uh, yeah, I think there's value on the Reds here. They actually project as the top value play of the night, according to oh. uh, my projection system, the bat.
5: I mean, Kyle Farmer's been a really nice piece for the Reds as well. Vado yep. it's, a, it's a home run as uh, last night. Yeah, that, that certainly took the uh, small park reference to another degree last night. It was just, I mean, every time you looked up, it was another ball hit, not hit out of the yard. Reds put up nine there pretty early against uh, Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals last night. As far as just, uh, Derek, for second half value that you look at, we saw during the all-star break and most books out there in the market hang these up-to-date in-season win totals where you can maybe, and a lot of these were kind of just based off of current 162-game pace combined with strength to schedule the rest of the way. Are there any angles you, you're looking at right now here as we're into the second half of the year? Were you, able to, were you able to take the all-star break maybe just to take a step back, look at some of these teams on a, from a macro perspective and, and look to figure out are there any angles you'd want to play on or play against some of these specific teams here down the stretch?
2: Yeah, there, there is. The, the NL East, I think, has a really good angle here. I kind of mentioned already, I think the Mets are a little bit overrated and due for a regression, but Atlanta and Philly in the same division have very, very easy schedules the, best of the, uh, the rest of the way. These are two offenses, two teams, that I think are a little bit underrated in general. I think you can honestly make the case that they are both every bit as good as the Mets, if not better, and we're getting... Very, very good schedules for both of these teams the rest of the way. They're both facing Miami and Washington several times. They're both facing teams like um, Pittsburgh, Arizona, the Angels, uh, the Rockies. Like, we're, we're getting a pretty easy schedule for both of these teams the rest of the way. They project rest of the way, rest of the season, uh, two and three behind the Dodgers uh, in my system in terms of uh, expected win percentage. So I, I pretty much any bet you can make on Atlanta or Philly the rest of the season, uh, I think there's probably going to be some value on it.
6: Derek, I want to go to the American League Central. Guardians are picked third right now to win this division around 4-1. to one. I, I just don't see it. I, I think to me right now it's a complete toss-up between all three of these teams. I don't like the Twins' bullpen. The White Sox can't score consistently, and the Guardians have the potential to have far better pitching than they've had so far, and the offense just needs to contribute at a little bit more consistent level, and I think this team can win this division. Uh, this is the
2: Guardians you yeah. think can win the division? Yeah. It's tough. Like I, I think they definitely have the potential, but I think they have a bit too many holes uh i don't have them projected especially well the rest of the way but i wouldn't necessarily be surprised you know if they make a run
5: totally get it i mean look it's it's a division we just talked about i mean white Sox have been so frustrating twins have been hard to trust as well
6: What,
2: derek where would you go
6: minnesota or chicago to win this division
2: it's probably chicago for me okay they they project quite a bit better than the twins at this point so that that's where I would
5: go. Still taking a stab on those on, on those White Sox again. easiest strength of schedule remaining. Yeah. We ran through it earlier in the show, and it is yeah. like, it's it's going to be uh, look especially after this series as well. That yeah. strength of schedule only gets easier uh, for the for the Chicago White Sox. Just in general. Um, the one other thing I wanted to hit you with, Derek. I know you were just part of that ESPN roundtable here, previewing the second half of the year, and kind of making the point on some of these teams in baseball, some of the 500 or just below 500 teams but the market has not shown many of them many respect at all. You look at teams like the Rangers, the Orioles, Diamondbacks, among the league leaders, in general ROI and Major League Baseball. Of those three I just mentioned, is there a team you you still feel like can hold up their end of the bargain, keep playing at least near 500 baseball and still be of value to betters here in the second half?
2: Yeah, of those teams, I think the Rangers probably have the best bet to play close to 500. Probably not quite, but close to it. It's going to depend on the odds and the matchup on any given day. But teams like that, I mean... We talked about it earlier. The teams I'm recommending tonight are teams like like the Reds, you know, and and the Guardians. It's it's those teams that people don't consider to be good teams that you wind up finding value on because they're kind of gross because people don't want to bet on it. And so that's, you know, the, the, the lines are shaded that way so that, you know, people that the books know people want to bet on the other side of that game. So there's actually value to, to bet on the ugly side. So, mm-hmm. yeah, teams like that are great. Hundred
5: sixty-two uh, game season, them all.
2: It's a long, it's a long. Well, season.
6: to Derek's point, think about this, and I, I know we've got some really bad teams now in baseball compared to in the past. The best teams win five out of eight games. The worst teams win three out of eight, and the majority of teams are somewhere between probably four and a half and three. And I yeah. mean, uh, you know, right there at four and a half and three and a half in between. So sure. you have so many opportunities from the dog standpoint. It's a
5: great. Yeah, it's a great point you make Amal. And Derek, uh, the, the plays again. You gave out so Cincinnati for tonight. You like Padres as well, <laughs> uh, and then you're looking to. Uh, just Oh, the uh, yes Gu- the Guardians matchup there against the White Sox. So those are the three plays we're looking at tonight. I, l- I like it. Big slate as well tonight, so we appreciate you helping us out, trying to find some value.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank Derek
5: Carty, you, you give him a follow there at, at Derek Carty on Twitter. Outstanding contributor for us every single day on VEASAN.com and our MLB page does other great work as well, including for ESPN on their wagering side. Okay, we're going to come back, look at some college football playoff odds. On the other side of the break, word is a mall. Think the value lies as we wrap things up. Final half hour for us. Coming up next, here on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM.
0: This is Betting Across America on Vsin the Sports Betting Network.
5: Our Vsin College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. And our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player rewards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a Vsin all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VCN.com slash subscribe. Final half hour for us here on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, Ben Wilson back with Amal Shaw. Still a 2-0 game here in Seattle. Houston on top of the Mariners, bottom of the fifth there. Justin Verlander continues to roll. He just threw his 50th pitch, and we're wow. now out into the fifth inning. Uh, meanwhile, Alec Manoa got out of a, a bit of a jam there in the bottom of the third. 3-1 Blue Jays lead into the bottom of the fourth right now. Uh, Toronto's taking Manoa there to uh, a two-run lead. Uh, thanks again to Derek Carty for joining us some of his thoughts on the uh, the late baseball card we'll maybe get get some late previews as well before we wrap things up in our next segment but right now I'm all want to take a look at some of these college football playoff odds available at Draftkings at the moment it's interesting how as we as we pull these up Alabama your favorites to win it all this year Ohio State's number two but more juice on Ohio State to actually be into the final four largely because of the conference they play in you don't have to deal with the Georgia within your own conference if you're Alabama if we just first look at the the three here listed, In the minus money on the yes price, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, is there a scenario where one of those three do not make the college football playoff, in your opinion, this year?
6: Yeah, if Georgia were to lose a game in conference play, because I think they're going to lose to Alabama in the SEC title game, if that were to happen, I don't think they get in. But I think with their schedule, despite losing so much talent, they should have a great opportunity. Remember, they get Oregon in Atlanta. That'll help immensely Mm -hmm. in the uh, season opener. Uh, That'll make a big difference.
5: What's the bet you'd rather make? Would you rather make a if you like lay a because you can find out there that ten and a halfs on Bama, but juice to like minus two twenty on a season win total. Would you rather make that play or make the make the bet of making it a minus two forty on on the college football playoff?
6: Um, I would rather make the play of the ten and a half, and I can argue the other way to make the playoff because they're going to make it. I don't see two loss on their schedule. Yeah, but if they lost the SEC title game, and this is a big if, Ohio State runs the table, Utah runs the table say, somebody from the Big 12 and then the ACC and Clemson. Then it becomes a little bit more. And then, of course, you got the SEC team Mm -hmm. getting in there. So uh, from that standpoint, I think it would be a little bit more challenging. That's the one thing I would argue. But, uh, listen, I think Bama's going to have a great year. Uh, I think it's going to come down to them and Ohio State winning the national title. I think, uh, Ben, one and two are so far ahead of three and everybody else Mm. that George is closer to ten than they are to two. That's that's pretty stark when you think of it that way.
5: For Ohio State, too, if if you're shopping around, you can find – Numbers on them to win the Big Ten at less than 250. Correct, that, correct. Be, that would And that would be the play if you can find that out there in the market.
6: Yeah, it's like minus 195, 175 for the season win total. Um, at over 10 and a half. Yeah, Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's a 14-point favorite in their opener at home against Notre Dame. They they, they had a bad defense last year. Their um, offense is going to be elite. Uh, Alabama, same thing. They've got Alabama's got five key transfers in there. I mean, they, they've got a bunch of transfers. I think the team that's interesting to me is uh, Clemson, a plus 155 to make the College Football Playoff. Yeah, I was
5: going to ask you about them because we're we're sort of just assuming DJing Ungalile after uh, just an atrocious last year for Dabo Swinney and Clemson. Yeah. We're we're automatically assuming all right, they're going to be back. It's just a matter of time. Are you in of that belief that? all it's going to take is just that one kind of tumultuous offseason and things will just turn around there in Death Valley.
6: No, it's not that. I look at the fact that the ACC outside of NC State, you don't have too many challengers. A- NC State's got to go to Death Valley. Wake Forest can't play defense. Pittsburgh's taking a big step back this year. Uh, and then on top of it, I don't think DJ dude, Excuse me, DJ Uyunglele is going to be the quarterback midway through the season. I think it's going to be Cade Klubnick, the freshman out of Boston Westlake. Uh, to me, I think it's their defense. They've got a front seven yeah. that's as good as anybody in college football.
5: Plus one fifty five on yeah. them to make it, the playoff, and again with all of these, especially if we're looking at the, the very top teams, it's comparing. All right, where are you at as far as either win totals by comparison or conference odds? So you're seeing, yeah. I mean, plus one ten on an over uh, ten and a half. You'd certainly think, I mean, look, if you want to, if you want to give yourself a little bit of a, a little bit of insurance there, you just take the plus one ten over the plus one fifty five to get to an eleven in one season. Or I don't know where, where you're seeing ACC odds in general settle right now in the market and all, but I'd imagine you could probably do a little bit. You're probably going to do right around that plus 155 number or so.
6: Yeah, the toughest game for Clemson this year is at Notre Dame November 5th. And we'll see what Notre Dame is. But overall, I like them. Odds to win the league right now from BetMGM minus 140. I think it's a little bit short, but you could have gotten plus money earlier. They were plus 105 Mm -hmm. in certain spots. So pay attention to the Tigers there.
5: A A lot of movement there on Clemson. So you're thinking, okay, maybe like if Georgia, as you talk about, loses in the regular season, falls to Alabama in the SEC title game, Mm -hmm. that opens things up for a team like a Clemson going through a pretty weak conference. But if that scenario were to happen, you'd still have a fourth, and this would be kind of the scenario where it would be an outsider, fourth team in the college football playoff. Of the rest of our list here, who would make the most sense as a fourth team to maybe crash the party this year, a la a Cincinnati from seasons past?
6: The Utah Utes. Like them a lot. Cam Rising back under center there. Uh, uh, Clark Phillips, one of the top cornerbacks many people may not know about. Good team. I think uh, six returning starters defensively. They do lose uh, Lewis, uh, excuse, uh, excuse me, Lloyd uh, at the linebacker position. But this team's going to be tough. I like them at 5-1. to one. They get USC at home at Rice-Eccles October 15th. They're going to be a tough team to beat. The, the, uh, the other one I would pay attention to is Oklahoma at plus 450. Uh, Dylan Gabriel takes over a runner center. Uh, you got Theo Weiss, Jordan uh, uh, Hazelwood there at, at the receiver position. I think, actually, I think Hazelwood transferred out. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. Marvin Mims, tremendous mm-hmm. player. He's out of Frisco Liberty High School in the Dallas area. Tremendous, tremendous player. I like him a lot, and I, I think th- I, they've got a better shot than SC to make the playoffs. I think SC can't win a Rice-Eccles, and they've got to play Notre Dame as well. Um, OU's got to navigate the Texas game and then the league play. That'll be the challenge. They go to Lincoln. Yeah.
5: It, well, and it's funny, too. We've heard so much all this offseason of, all right, with Lincoln Riley out and Caleb Williams mm-hmm. out, if you're Brent Venable's coming in back in Norman – and you're trying to, you're bringing in so many new pieces. You mentioned the Dillian Gabriel piece for Oklahoma. It, it seems like there's one of two directions. Either people are extremely, extremely bearish, not, not really buying at all what Oklahoma's going to yeah. do, or you're saying, look, with the, with, the, with the way the transfer portal is now, these teams are built in an off season anyway, so why yeah. should that matter in, in Norman? You certainly seem to be siding on, on the ladder there of, the, of those two points.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that, look, long-term, Oklahoma won the coaching change. Lincoln Riley going to L.A., fine, let them go. Let them overpay. Venables is the reason. Go look at Dabo Sweeney's record, Ben, without Venables as the defensive coordinator and what it was once he arrived. There's a reason they have two national titles. It's not Dabo. It's been Venables. Venables, I was told, doesn't interview well. That's the reason he wasn't able to get a job. Oklahoma knew him. They brought him in. I think this is a fantastic hire. Defensively, they are going to be one of the best teams in the Big 12. He will have them going in the right direction. Offensively, he's staying away from it. I love it. This team's gonna be just fine. Eric Gray, the Tennessee transfer, I forgot to mention a tailback. I like him yeah. a lot more than other people do. I think this team's gonna be very dangerous.
5: OU if you're looking kind of handicapping OU versus Texas in that Big Twelve this year. How mm-hmm. how big of a gap do you feel like those two those teams are at right now? And are, are there anybody else in the is there anybody else in the Big Twelve that you could challenge, could see challenging one of those two teams, a la a Oklahoma State or a Baylor, who both had very solid years a season ago? go? Yeah,
6: Baylor's gonna be very good defensively. Uh, uh Blake Shapen under center for them. He'll be very good. Uh, the one concern I have is can they find consistency on offense? If they can, they've got a shot. But in terms of your question with Texas, look, for the Red River game the uh, second Saturday in October, it'll be a tight game. But in terms of where the programs are, I don't think Texas is necessarily uh, – Oklahoma is not seeing the headlights of Texas just yet.
5: Yeah, I think it's fair. And you're, you have Texas who, look, week two, you get Alabama at home, going to be big dogs in that game, likely – Trounce by Saban and the Tide. As you look at the schedule there for Texas, eight is the win total for the Longhorns. A little juice over at minus one thirty-five. One other team I wanted to ask you about is think about a team that will play Alabama as well this year. Texas A&M. You hear a lot of bluster from yeah. Jimbo. They beat it. They beat Alabama last year and they still lose four games. Yeah. Kind of a typical season in College Station where they you know they can look best in, under the bright lights, but they they lose against some of the weaker teams on the schedule, at least in conference play. What do you make of a team like that this year that has a a pretty manageable non-con, eight and a half heavy juice over minus one fifty. Are they are they actual contenders at all in your eyes this year?
6: You know Texas a and like a beauty pageant contestant. Looks good <laughs> under the lights. You take off you take off the makeup uh, and you might not be seeing what you want to see. And that's what the A&M's program is. You look at this team right now. They're they're vastly overrated. Now next year, watch out for this team. Their recruiting class for last year was unbelievable. they uh, they're, they're going to be great in about a year. They don't have quarterback play. Max Johnson. I mean, Hayes, Haynes Kings, I don't want any of these guys under center. Zach Calzada transfers out, no problem. Ida would have helped him pack. Uh, you know, to me, I look at this A&M team, they're going nowhere fast. The game against Arkansas, Sam Pittman's team, that'll be a tough one. Before that, you get Miami coming to College Station, I think they'll be able to take care of business against Van Dyke in Miami. Then you got to go to Tuscaloosa with all this chatter. i got to tell you, Ben, this is not the year to be going to Tuscaloosa right now.
5: I would certainly seem to agree yeah. on that. I mean... And that's where some of the books right now, Bama, you've seen a lot of the 11 and a halfs with the plus money on them to go undefeated. Yeah. Where, you know, look, where if you could take alternate ways to bet them, just, you know, taking a bet on them to win the SEC championship game. Just, again, giving yourself some of that regular season insurance. Having said all that, if there is ever a situation, given the recruiting, given the context of what happened last year, that I would ever be willing to pay a price, and, you know, even if it's at plus at 115 to take a team to go undefeated. Yeah. Is it not Alabama this year? I mean, given everything we've talked about.
6: Yeah, I think there's two teams, them and Ohio State. I think uh, when you look at the toughest game now, when you say that's for a twelve game, doesn't include the SEC title right, game, right? Just for the regular yeah. season, yeah, uh, over I, eleven and a half. Boy, I tell you what, I don't even see a potential loss on the Bama schedule. I mean, well, no. yep, Alabama. absolutely.
5: It seems like a very realistic possibility this year. Again, it's only in the plus one fifteen range if, for the books that are offering the eleven and a half. Some you can find ten and a half, but it's you know minus two dollars to, yeah. to go over there interesting stuff. We're going to wrap things up next, talk MLB, our night slate of games, as we'll discuss when we return. Final segment coming up next on Betting Across America.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Betty Across America on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: betmgm the king of sports books unleashes the spirit of las vegas with betmgm rewards every time you make a wager at betmgm you can earn betmgm rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens planning a trip to vegas you can also convert your betmgm points into mgm rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 mgm resorts properties located on the las vegas Strip and nationwide betmgm rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the betmgm app Sign up with the BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM awards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back for the final time. It is betting across America presented by BetMGM. Up next, VEASAN Center. With our guy's Brady Cannon. Just back from his lovely vacation there to Hawaii. He's back in studio with James Salinas joining us from Denver. For us, though, uh, for Amal, and myself, Ben, we've got some Major League Baseball to talk about. Well, first off, it's sometimes, even if you don't have a bet on a game, like it's fun just to watch master, Mastery at work. <laughs> Justin Verlander, what he's doing today, 66 pitches now, through five and a thirds there into the sixth inning. And and Seattle, some of the swings they're taking on this guy. I mean, it looks like they might, might as well be playing another sport. It almost looks like a cricket chop toward, <laughs> towards the baseball today. Good,
6: good analogy there. And uh, right now, as you alluded to, Verlander gets a ground ball to second base. And I, I didn't see who hit that one, but but I got to tell you, it's the top of the order there. I didn't know who they have in the top of the spot there tonight, but uh, I'll tell you what. he, he J.P. Was, Crawford. Yeah, Crawford was one, yeah. frustrated on that ground ball. Like he looked like he barely wanted to leg it out. I mean, it was this guy is straight dealing. It was a 2 0 count, and you get him to beat it right into the ground at Altuve. I think he's throwing 65 or 66 pitches, Ben. 66
5: right now, yeah. And I mean, Two outs in the sixth <laughs> inning. Just, I just mean, nuts.
6: Barring a sequence where you want to make a change, but let, let's say he gets through this thing at 72 pitches, he's probably looking at going, you know, one away and getting through this whole thing.
5: Two nothing lead right now for Houston. This would be two straight against Seattle. They snapped the 14 game winning streak from last night. Uh, Astros, what a what a way to come out of the break is sweep the Yankees in a in a same day doubleheader coming out of the break, and now you're about to go up the first two. They're on the road in Seattle.
6: Who do you like in the American League between the Bombers and the uh, Yankees? And I'm going to give you an opinion on another team just kind of based on number.
5: Yeah, look, it's hard for me to, to not give Houston a legitimate shot. I agree. Mean, I mean, the way the numbers are at right now, and you're seeing the numbers shorten down to 2-1 to one here to win the AL. It's, it's funny how, because of the narrative, maybe this is due to media market or the historic pace the Yankees started off with, that's been the whole conversation. And yet the Astros... We know if you look down the lineup and the, the pitching rotation as well, like they've gotten just as, enough, just as much firepower as, as New York does. It's just a matter of perception and market sometimes and how betters weigh all that into their minds. So I'd certainly give the Astros a puncher's chance.
6: I, I More than that. Well, yeah, fans. I think the Astros are going to win the ALCS. I, I like them way more than New York. When you look at, look, Garrett Cole's been terrific, but you can be one B one I'm taking Verlander over Cole every day of the week and twice on Sundays. And then you give me Framber as the number two. And doesn't matter who you want to throw out there. Jamison Tyone. Um, Nestor
5: Cortez. Y- yeah, do you really it, trust no postseason experience for, for the, the Yankees?
6: And even, even not just that, but you look at Nestor's numbers of late. Not mm-hmm. quite as good. So that's something I think you have to take into consideration when you're looking at him. I, I like the um, the Astros a lot, but I want to mention the Mariners at 18-1. to And the reason I say that, Logan Gilbert, he's their second best pitcher. Robbie Ray has been as good as anybody not named Dylan Cease over the last month. Dylan Cease mm-hmm. has been, lights out the last 10 yep. starts, only three earned runs. But if you get in the postseason and you get lucky and somebody maybe knocks off the Astros, you got a chance if you're the M's right now sitting at 18-1 to to bet MGM. I don't like any of the three teams in the Central to go anywhere.
5: No. If you, and it's. I feel the same way about the teams in the NL Central, the two that have legitimate chance. like One of them will get in, the Brewers or Cardinals. I don't like them at all, though, into October, and I, I'm with you as well. You get White Sox, uh, twins right now, or Guardians, whoever gets through there. Yeah, look, it's, for, for the Seattle Mariners, we've had the whole discussion of, is that, was that 14-game winning streak, just a simple hot streak? And was that the peak of their value in the market, or is this actually a team that has has potential going forward? And I'd certainly argue the latter. It seems like you feel the same way.
6: Yeah, and, and I like the point you brought up about the M's. Right now, today, unfortunately, yesterday, good pitching by the Astros, or Keady, uh, goes mm-hmm. 5-1. They had an opportunity basis load, couldn't capitalize. 5-2 the final last night. And then, in terms of today look you know you see is it on netflix or whatever uh, where you see the master class advertisement yeah it this is a master class yeah. in pitching today you're by justin berlin
5: on days like today
6: i mean he's given up two hits and the first one was to lead off the game and i think they might have had a runner on second or they made a play i don't even remember but he has just been so dominant ben that it's really been impressive
5: yep no you're exactly right and that's the situation now even logan gilbert 19 of 23 first first pitch strikes 89 pitches through six pretty good innings only two runs and and he's been well well overshadowed there uh, by justin verlander tonight uh, as far as the rest of the slate here going on we still have a very very busy slate uh, as we talked about brady cannon james linus they'll take you through all of the top games here over the next four hours for the night slate tonight at least games coming up most immediately marcus stroman and the cubs go to philadelphia take on zach wheeler and the Phils. We saw Kyle Schwarber hit another homer last night, his thirtieth, yeah. and then the Phillies did literally nothing else the rest of the game. Pretty big favorites as well again today, minus a buck seventy-five at MGM, plus one forty five on the Cubs and Stroman with an eight total there juiced under.
6: I, I like the under eight here, Ben. I saw seven and a half on the overnight and I took it. Unfortunately, I got the worst of it. Especially, you know, look, in, in other sports, it may not mean as much in basketball, but in baseball you get that half a run. It's That's big, crucial, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect it to go in that direction. Stroman has pitched pretty well at times this year, and Wheeler, I, I, look, I, I mentioned Burlander uh, and certain other guys. When Wheeler, Wheeler is on his game, he's as good as anybody in baseball. Scherzer, DeGrom, it doesn't matter.
5: Look, I'm, I'm with you, and a guy who has the strikeout numbers too. We, we did the discussion on primetime action. We had the props during the All-Star break of who you know who would lead, potentially lead the, uh, the whole major leagues in strikeouts, and while a guy like Dylan Cease has put up ridiculous numbers, there are other guys who might not get there on volume, but because of the innings and and Wheeler kind of falls into that category, but it's at least important to point out guys who have really, really elite swing and miss stuff. Right. And in that Philly staff, I mean, they get it from Aaron Nola, who's more, again, more of the volume category, but you look at Wheeler this year, right around 10 strikeouts per nine, 289 ERA and a a fielding independent pitching at 270 guy. You have to give a ton of respect to He's might, he might not end up as a league leader in any category. That was kind of the point of, of the discussion we had the other night, but He's still somebody who commands a lot of respect night in, night out in the market.
6: Yeah, absolutely right. And I think that's so crucial when you're looking at certain things from a betting standpoint in terms of where you think money is going to come in potentially.
5: Yeah. And Stroman, for what it's worth, too, expected fielding independent pitching just 330, 469 ERA. He's he's gotten pretty unfortunate, with unlucky, a, a, only a strand rate of 60%. So a lot of the guys he's had on base have come yeah. around to score. High home run to fly ball ratio. You would expect those things. To even out over the long run, again, will it it happen in a kind of a bandboxer of Citizens Bank Ballpark? It's not a guarantee, but it's more just to point out going forward, we expect some positive aggression for Stroman, and as you pointed out, he's had some good starts as of late.
6: Ben, you bring up a good point, which is that ballpark. There are certain places, Cincinnati, um, uh, Philadelphia, among the parks Mm. where you're concerned with from in terms of the ball just flying out of the ballpark. Yesterday I mentioned that if you like the Reds or the Cardinals, didn't matter which side, I said take the run, run line. If you like the Cardinals, go yeah. reverse run I'm sorry, uh, Reds, Reds, take reverse the reverse run, run line. Yeah. line. And, you know, I think sometimes they undervalue in baseball. They they overvalue in the American League, but in the National League, you get these one plus 175s, whatever, like for example, yesterday with Darvish and the Mets, if you, if you liked Darvish and the Padres against the Metropolitans, think about the price you could have gotten on you, Darvish, about plus 260 oh. on the reverse run line.
5: Yeah. Uh, and, I, I totally understand where where you come from on yeah. that. Are you would you be willing to go back to the well on Cincinnati tonight against the guy in Steven Matz, 6.03 now ERA in nine starts.
6: Yeah, season. absolutely. It's just a play against Matz. I'm not a Matz guy. He's a guy when he was drafted by the Mets, you thought he would be better than he's been. Never really materialized that way, um, and I just think he's a guy. He's, yeah. no, he's nobody special.
5: Dollar and we've seen some money come in pretty steadily on Cincinnati. Who look, I mean, they haven't been all that far off of a 500 pace yeah. since the three and 22 start to the season. Cardinals still about a dollar sixty favorites at BetMGM right now. Reds coming back. That's up uh, at plus one thirty five right now. Seeing a total there of ten and a half. Probably our like our. You, you talked about it earlier on the on the show asking uh, Derek about it. Probably the you know the big game of the night here with the Giants and Dodgers. That'll be one of our Fox National games at seven fifteen Eastern. Alex Wood, Jose Urias, couple of lefties take them out. Seeing the Dodgers now up to $1.85, dollar just it's funny how that series starts. Giants on paper had the pitching matchup each of the first yeah. night two nights. You get uh, Dodgers in very cheap money line prices and they end up blowing the game wide open against the bullpen once those pitches were out anyway. Just funny how sometimes we can maybe get in our own heads on this stuff and and, and, re- and kind of forget who is actually the better team over the course of a nine-out game or nine-inning yeah,
6: game. You're absolutely right. And I'll tell you what, a miscue on Thursday in the outfield was crucial yep. in the third inning. And then we saw it yesterday with Lamont Wade leads to a grand slam from Cody Bellinger. I mean, the Giants are just beating themselves defensively. When they were winning in, in 10, 12, and 14, you had great defense. You know, Buster Posey behind the plate. Brandon Crawford's been tremendous uh, with this team. So they've just not been able to put it together defensively. And it's really where it's beating them
5: with you on that and that's why at least from my perspective having a brewers future in the nl central watching that series before the all-star break so maddening because the brewers lose three three or four had no business losing a series like that with with the type of team milwaukee is but again a lot of teams have flaws right now, even teams that are in the, the playoff mix. Giants are one of those teams.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, Giants, look, I I think Rodon's a terrific pitcher, but they just don't have the consistency offensively. And then when you've got defensive liabilities like they have been, I think it's tough to overcome.
5: Yep. $1.50 dogs tonight at Dodger Stadium against LA. I'm all as always, this is such a blast. Three hours, they just, man, they fly Absol- 100%. I'm all still watching tennis over there. I'm watching actually baseball. I'm I watch it. watching baseball. I found a thirty to one on Matteo Berrettini at Westgate. I think I'm going to go uh, go ahead and put some.
6: That's a, a great number. US Open. I think I'm going to do it. All
5: right. That's that's our last word as we we say so long. Brady Cannon, James Celine is coming up next on Veasan Bet Center as we say so long.
3: Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>